In today's show, we have an update on the sex worker slash sex therapist, Olivia Bentley, that we discussed last week. We're going to address a listener email regarding how long he can last in bed and a quick discussion on erectile dysfunction medication. Welcome to the Love and Sex Podcast. We're your hosts, Allison and Jeff Scott. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform, Coast to Coast, and around the world as we talk about sex and relationships. No topic is out of bounds, and along the way, we're going to share our own experiences, failures, and successes to help you live your best life. You're listening to the Love and Sex Podcast Show, and we want to welcome you in. And Allison, welcome to you. Thanks, Jeff. Welcome to everyone. Don't forget, if you're under the age of 18, this show contains explicitly sexual material. So please leave if you're not over the age of 18. Head down to the show notes, join the Love and Sex Facebook group, and head over to Pink Cherry and pick up some sexy items for the bedroom today. Get some new sex toys, explore your fantasies, and have fun with sex. Okay, so let's jump into it, Allison. You uh, kind of gave us a little preview at the top of the show about what we are going to be covering today. And I want to circle back to last week's conversation that we had about an article we read in the New York Post about this sex therapist slash sex worker, Olivia Bentley. And you'll recall from last week, Allison and I were talking about this well, I should say these articles because we saw several across yeah, different platforms. Picked right? up by a bunch of different media outlets. Yep. Yeah. And so after uh, the show, we were, we were, you know, talking about, man, we really hope this Olivia Bentley like reaches out to us because this would be a killer interview. It would be great. Yeah. Because this is a pretty controversial subject, right? Therapists having sex with their clients. So we were really hoping. So here's the thing, right, guys? We had reached out to her to say, hey, we saw the article, we have this show, we want you to be a guest on it. She got back to us um, fairly quickly. Yeah, quickly, like the next day, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, she said, that sounds great. We would, I would love to do it. Uh, give me a call to discuss, and she provided her phone number. So we were like, we were flying high. Yeah, we're we like, were excited because, you know what, there's a lot of unanswered questions in those articles too. So I figured whatever your opinion was on the situation, whatever our opinion was, um, there was going to be an opportunity to clarify some of it. And again, not to judge for what she's doing, but just to maybe understand it a little bit more. So we were pretty excited that she was got back to us so quickly, gave us her phone number and was willing to discuss right away. But here's the thing. She fucking ghosted us. She totally ghosted us. Right. So she basically gave us her number, said to call her. I sent her an email and said, Hey, we actually said, I actually sent her back an email and said that I'm going to call you tonight, which, by the way, was last Tuesday night, this past Tuesday night. Now, if you listen to this show regularly, which a lot of you do, I know you know that our shows are released on Tuesday mornings, typically around seven o'clock in the morning. So we knew that when we spoke to her, that this episode was going to be out. And hey, you know what? We said some harsh things in that episode. But the bottom line is, is that we reviewed these articles that were in the New York Post and other articles, and it really created a perception, at least to us. And that's what we talked about. So, you know, if you if you don't like that, 
you know, if you're Olivia Bentley and you don't like what we had to say, it's just our opinion based on the perception that was created by these articles. It, right. Come on the show and set us straight. Set everyone else straight who is sharing that perception based on what we read in the article. Which right? I thought would be very likely exactly what would happen, right? So she would listen to our show and say, hey, they got this wrong or they don't understand this at all or, um, you know, that it's not what happened or that is what happened and this is why and I'm confident that it's a, you know, successful program and that I'm happy with what how it works. And, you know, either way, if she listened to any of our other shows, she would know that we really don't judge people. We just want to understand different ways of life and how different things work. This was pretty controversial, though, with a therapist having sex with the actual patients, customers, clients, whatever you want to call them. So um, it's disappointing that we got ghosted and hopefully it's temporary. You know, maybe something came up and she'll have to get back to us another time. Um, we could always try to reach out to her again because I think it'd be really helpful for her as well as for us to get some stuff clarified. Well, I have, and I have two kind of thoughts on the whole judgmental thing. One, she's been a sex worker for a long time, right? She's been in that field. Don't tell me that people haven't judged you before because of what you do. I guarantee that you've been judged. And I bet I guarantee that you've been in far worse positions of judgment than what you feel may have been uh, judgmental in last week's episode. But two, you know what? If you're going to call yourself a therapist, that comes with a certain level of responsibility is what I'm going to say. That comes with a certain level of responsibility in society when you call yourself a therapist because people are relying on you to help them with mental issues typically, right? right? Some mm -hmm. kind of issue. And so you have a you have a certain responsibility to the public to act and behave and operate in a certain manner. If you're fucking your clients and you're not and that's all that's coming out in these shows, I fuck my clients because I help to save marriages that are lacking intimacy. Well, what about those marriages that aren't lacking intimacy? Hey, they're just they're just having problems right Something's now because going on, yeah. they disagree with their kids or they disagree with their finances, but you know, so that those things are pulling them out of the bedroom, but they still have good sex and they're still on the same page with sex. There's a lot of things going on here. I just want to know, what are you saying to these couples? What verbal treatment are you giving these couples to help them with these problems? Because fucking somebody's husband is not going to cure the problems that are going on in that relationship. There's a lack of intimacy for various reasons, many of which have nothing to do with the sex part. Right. And and like we both said, we only can go by what was in the article, which was very heavily leaning on the women are not interested in sex. And so she's teaching the women how to have better sex with the husband, or she's just um, having sex with the husband as he gets a hall pass because the wife doesn't really want to have sex with them anymore. So that's the only angle we saw. We have no idea anything else that happens, any of the conversations that take place, any of the other types of therapy, any of the other situations that have brought the couples to her. So we are hoping to get some information on that. But unfortunately, she um, did not return our call and we're just going to have to try again. And we don't want to spend a ton of time on this today, but we did want to give you an update because I know we were talking about the potential of having her on as a guest. Again, she did respond, but did not respond or answer us when we reached back out. So we'll have to wait and see what happens here. Hopefully she has a change of heart and we're able to interview her. But that is the update on Olivia Bentley. The next thing that we wanted to talk about today was a listener email, Allison, about a guy who is very mistaken. 
unfortunately, right? Yeah. He, it's clear. Well, that he's confused, right? He is confused, but he's kind of, kind of breaking one of the biggest myths out there. It's it's tough though for a guy. I just want to say this before we jump into the issue, right? This guy is upset because he's having a little issue with his partner because he's lasting too long in bed. Right. All right. So you can't win. Right guys. I mean, it's like, fuck, what do you want? Right. I mean, as guys, we are basically programmed that most guys don't last long enough in bed. Right. If you want to please your woman, you need to learn to control yourself. You need to get your shit under control. You need to last a long time in bed. But Allison, from a woman's standpoint, too long can be too long. Can it not? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know that I'm the best example, right? Because since I tend to enjoy sex more than some other women may, and I am able to orgasm vaginally multiple times, that doesn't apply to me as much as it might apply to someone else. Um, But saying that all the lube in the world, all the natural lubrication in the world you're just going to get a little raw if the penetration lasts for a long period of time. And not to say that's always horrible, but it can become a painful situation. But I also think, and I think this has happened to us, you with your ability to have multiple orgasms and your sex drive and all of those things that you were just kind of mentioning, in the moment, the length of sex may be good to you, but after it's done or yeah. maybe an hour or two later, you'll be like, fuck, I'm sore. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there are some ripple effects to extended periods of lovemaking. Uh, it's not like it comes without consequences. Right. So just because you have a higher sex drive, it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience uh, painful repercussions from it. Right. And we've definitely had, you and I ourselves have definitely had some um, marathons. Yeah. So just some actual marathons. Right. Where, and both of us experience some level of soreness later the day or the next day, right? I've had a case of two of dick burn. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's what Allison and well, I call it. Uh, yeah, I mean, because things, you know, friction happens, man. And sometimes, you know, it just, you're you're at a certain angle and things might be getting just a little bit dry because it's going on so long. And yeah, before you know it, you, you get rubbed a little wrong and you know, or I should say a little raw, Rubbed a little raw, yeah, <laughs> a little wrong and a little raw, but then yeah, you get yourself a case of dick burn. It takes a few days to recover. And you know, next thing I know is I'm getting, you know, when am I going to get some fucking action again? Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, um, it is funny though, but even, you know, recently we had a weekend where we just spent a lot of time alone and we had a lot of sex multiple times, several days in a row. And you also were afterwards just like, yeah, we're, we're wiped out. We're tired. I was sore. You were sore, whatever. Um, so to your point, yes, even someone who is very interested in sex and who has a high sex drive and who has the ability to orgasm frequently, there still can be a point where it's too long of a period of time. Um, and again, we talked a little bit about our marathons, especially early on. We had some real yeah, strong marathons. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, you want to talk about compatible. <laughs> this is like peas and carrots right here. <laughs> peas and carrots. Um, but we couldn't have s- sustained that forever. Like it just would have become something that we would both be sore. Like it just yeah, it, a bit it, much. It becomes, it becomes a lot. But that's kind of what's happening to the listener email here, except for him he doesn't have that peas and carrots compatibility. His mm-hmm. partner is a little bit more like, uh, hey, dude, you need to fucking come a little faster because basically they're sessions of actual 
penetration are going between 30 and 45 minutes. And this guy is kind of reaching out because of the fact that his girlfriend, his partner, is pushing back on him. Like, yeah. you're going too long. And this guy's like, what do you mean I'm fucking going too long, right? This is circling back to what we were just saying a second ago. We're programmed as men to believe that we don't last long enough and you got to last longer. So this guy's like saying things in his email. Well, I, I, I'm trying to go longer. This is what he's actually said to his partner because, mm -hmm. I, you know, the longer I go, the more chance you're going to have a vaginal orgasm. Yeah. Okay, that means we need to slow up and stop because we've talked about these things a lot on the show, right, Allison? First of all, it's a struggle for most women to have vaginal orgasms, right? Most women don't orgasm from penetration. That's one. Or from penetration only. Two, mm -hmm. the length of sex has nothing to do with increasing the chances of vaginal orgasm. As a matter of fact, if your partner's getting sore, it's probably decreasing the chance of that happening. So when you say the length of sex, let's just clarify that a little bit. It's the length of penetration. The length of penetration. Because right? the actual the, penis going in and out of the vagina. That's what we're talking about here. Right. Because the, the female is more likely to have a vaginal orgasm if there's the right amount of foreplay, the right amount of lube, the right amount of kind of getting everything primed and ready. And then the right angle with penetration, the right speed. I know it's really hard. There's a fucking playbook there's a for blueprint. To, yeah. There's yeah. like a schematic. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So just doing it longer does not increase the chance of it happening. It has to be the right motion, the right angle. Um, you need to learn your partner's body and what makes your partner orgasm. Um, and it sounds like he is so, confused i don't think we know how yeah did he, did he say how old he was i don't remember he was younger i think okay, he was so, um, in his late to mid 30s okay so i mean late to mid 30s is he's not like young young so he's had an he's, he's likely not. had some experience right. but i'm just saying that but it's interesting that that just shows though allison that we can how, how do these myths come about and how uh, you would think that at you know mid to late 30s you know the answers to these things. But that's what's scary out there, right, is how many people in the bedroom are doing things wrong because they they buy into these myths or these urban well, legends. and you know what? Right? If you're not educating yourself, right, where, where is he getting his educa education? Pornhub? Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? So right. those are long scenarios, and that's a lot and of penetration. And that's the magic of movie and making. And that's a lot of <laughs> yeah. pounding, right? So, and there's, you know... But porns go a long time, too, because... Yeah. They're starting and stopping. We don't see that as right, the viewer, right, right? Right. But they're they're cutting to different scenes. But that's what you'll hear when porn stars talk about making porn. There's a lot of starting and stopping going on. Right. So for the men, they last a lot longer than it seems, right? Because of the fact that they have all of that going on well, in the not background. To, right. Not to mention the fact in many of those scenarios, there's multiple men, right, with a less number of women. So there's breaks. So even while the filming is continuing, there's breaks from the penetration. So it is a little interesting that the guy was so misinformed, but sadly, he was misinformed. Misguided has that myth in his mind that I'm trying to do this for her, thinking that it's better for her to go longer when actually it's not it's hurting only, her. It's hurting her. It's the opposite of better for her. Right. So interesting. I learned a little something when we were doing the research for the show, because I wanted to look up stuff about length of sex. And they say that women on average 
feel that, again, we're talking about penetrative sex here. The ideal time frame for penetrative sex is seven to 13 minutes. Seven to 13 minutes. If you're going 30 to 45 and your partner's complaining because she's sore, you better figure something out, right? Because you're not doing anything. And we also talk about all the time, I'd be interested to know, is this guy doing 30 to 45 minutes of just fucking pound town, right? right? Where it's the same speed, the same motion over and over. Because let's not forget, we've talked about this a lot on the show. When it comes to penetration, for guys to really get the most out of their partner and give her the best chance for a vaginal orgasm, you need to be constantly varying the speeds and the depth at which you're penetrating because the body's nerve endings, they have this thing where if something's happening repetitively, they kind of look at that, assess it and go, oh, okay. And it feels good for a short time. Then it's almost like they become numb to it because they adjust to the sensation. So if you're constantly changing depth and speed, you're fucking with their heads. You're fucking with the nerve endings heads and they can't adjust and make that happen, uh, you know, create, create a loss of sensitivity. So those are things that are important. So this guy right here, one, yeah, you got to get the proper education because the length of sex is not going to change the chance of your partner having a vaginal orgasm. Right. Absolutely. Right. So he's completely on the wrong page. I'm trying to think of this too, right? So 30 to 45 minutes of pound town, even if it's not super intense, right? That's a lot of work for him. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a lot of work. I mean, that's just a lot of physical activity. Again, there could be some stopping and starting in there, but good Lord, that is like, as you're saying it, because to me, when you're saying that, you know, typical penetration is seven to 13 minutes, I'm like, no, that's low. That's low. That's, that's right where my mind goes. That's low. But taking the marathons out, right, and thinking more about our regular day-to-day lovemaking with, you know, on a work night or work morning or whatever, right, that's probably right, right? For the actual penetration yeah. is probably right. And we're not having quickies. I wouldn't consider them, you know what right. I mean? Right, I mean, we're still having some foreplay and, and penetrative sex. And in different positions and moving around. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's not less than a half an hour. It might be, but it, I mean, it's close to that, right? But I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, from yeah. beginning to end. I mean, that's just their penetrative sex. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. As we learned many, many episodes, you know, uh, we talked about one of the other biggest myths is that sex burns a lot of calories, and we learned it didn't. So, 30 to 45 minutes of sex, I mean, you might be burning a good seven or eight calories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you feel like you've just run all, 14 all that marathons. Fucking work. Yeah. And you, yeah. And, and, you know, you, you burned off a cookie. But mm-hmm. you feel like you just fucking ran from here to, you know. Well, you know what's weird, too, is I don't know that they really talked about this as much either. But of this 30 to 40 minutes or 30 to 45 minutes of penetrative sex, it kind of indicated he was the one doing the work. Right. So I don't know that they needed, they needed to, like, mix up the positions a little bit or, um, you know, get her on top a little bit more, which, by the way, is also way better for her, in my opinion, to get the right angle to have an orgasm. But. It's still a lot of time. It's still a lot of time with penis in vagina. There is. And and there's one thing that we also, he didn't provide this much detail. So we don't know the answer to this, Allison. But the other thing that I would want to know is during that 30 to 45 minutes, like you said, how much of it is pound town sex and, you know, at what speeds are are the speeds changing and stuff. And the reason I ask that is because there, it is a little known statistic out there that 3% of men are actually affected by delayed ejaculation. So this can be due to biological reasons as well as physical reasons. So I would want to know, is this guy like 
changing his pace? Is he stopping at all during the penetration of sex to prevent himself from coming? Or is he going at it pretty good and just is like maybe having some difficulty coming? Because I would like to know, maybe there's something that he needs to fix, right? If he's having uh, delayed ejaculation for some reason, that might be something that he wants to speak to a medical doctor to maybe see if he can do something about because that could be a big issue. So hang on. So this is, I don't know the answer to this. So I'm asking you this from your uh, experiences or, or opinion or whatever. So, cause I'm not sure what it is. Experiences of my 52 years with a dick. Exactly. Of having a dick. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So fair enough. When you, you um, shared information that 3% of the male population is affected by this condition, um, which is obviously way less than the percentage that are f- affected by the opposite condition, right? Uh, right? Uh, premature ejaculation. Premature ejaculation. Right? Yeah. yeah, that number is um, much higher than. So there, it said there could be multiple issues, physical issues, emotional issues, behavioral issues, biological issues, whatever. A lot of different right. things that could right. impact it, right? Which, And if someone's having that issue that, and, and it's clearly an issue for them, it is something they should seek um, um, opinion from their medical professional. Right. But the, the thing that I was going to ask you was, if you, we've talked before about how we've both gone through periods in our life where we were in sexless relationships. And when we started having sex again, we wanted to have sex all the time. Like we wanted to have more sex. So you're thinking, okay, you're getting sex now. You don't need it as much. Right. Right. So, but really it wasn't the case at all. Like we started having sex and then we really had a craving and a need for sex more and more regularly. So I'm wondering if biologically, and this is why I have to ask you because you have the dick and I don't, is if you are having a lot of sex, then does it take you longer to come on the next time? Mm, I would say as a general, I think that maybe if you're looking at it from, okay, I was in a sexless relationship and let's just say you were in a sexless relationship for a couple of years or whatever, right? An extended period of time. Um, if you come back and the first time you have sex again, I could see maybe you struggling, you know, to hold back coming, right? Maybe yeah, you have a when little you bit, sex in a while, quote yeah. unquote, premature ejaculation, just because of the fact that now it's like you're re, you know, it's almost like you're a virgin again, right? Mm-hmm. You're not, I mean, you know what the sensation feels like, but if you don't have that sensation for an extended period of time, I could see that maybe impacting your ability to hold back your orgasm. Mm-hmm. So I could see it that way. Um, but I don't think that, I don't know, for me, I don't see that the more you have sex, the more you can control it. I think um, you could make the argument that the more you have sex, and we've talked about this a lot, right? It's like the more you have it, it's like the more your body seems to crave it. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like that constant craving or that increased craving can almost uh, up your Uh, level of arousal right enhance your level of arousal and make you almost want to come quicker okay so i mean i i I could kind of see the argument for both sides i don't feel for me though in my experience and my dick that having more sex makes me last longer okay i think you could you know obviously you could say if you're having sex multiple times in the same day then yes right because we're talking about refractory periods yeah and stuff like that so um, it takes the penis, you know, longer to recover right, right, after recover. after you have an orgasm. So usually, if you have sex um, right after, you can last a little bit longer just because of those types of things. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's that's really what I would have to say on that. Okay, so a couple more things that I just thought of when you're saying that. So, if someone was jerking off during the day 
right? Or, you know, for pleasuring themselves in whatever way, right? That's not going to help him or cause them to last longer at night. Well, that brings us right to something about Mary, right? He had to clean the pipes before he right. went out with her. Well, right? that's what I'm saying. So that's kind of the thought is that once the pipes have been cleaned, then you can. I think it. I think that might be looked at as a way to um, maybe bring down or or control your arousal a level a little bit, right? Oh, if you okay. orgasm okay. once, I think that can kind of maybe help the body regulate the arousal levels a little bit and maybe not get you so where you're so like, so excited. So excited, right? You have like a like a little bit of a touching and a little like kiss a little and all of a sudden there, right, boom. Right. Okay. I think it like almost like a little desensit you know, desensitation. I'm not saying that right. I can't get that word out. Desensitize? Desensitize. Thank you. I'm not you. sure. So and then the other thing I thought of, and again, this is me just totally being curious. That's why I'm asking these because they've all popped in my head since we've been talking, is let's just say for the sake of argument, penetrative sex is happening, but the male, you, perhaps, this guy, whatever, is not super attracted to the partner, right? So there's... That could be an issue. Could that make there's this... There's a lot of things that could be an issue, right? Well, His, I'm just not... Could that make this last longer? Yeah, if some, if absolutely. We'll, and we'll just say he loves a woman, right? And he's he is physically attracted to her, but she's... Maybe she's just not very uh she's not very engaged in sex or yeah, whatever maybe she's a little boring in the bedroom right, right. And, that's, or, and that's a turnoff for him we'll just say this this is a, a long-term partner but let's just say it wasn't a long-term partner say it was a first date a third date someone that's a relatively new sexual experience and you're not super attracted to the person could that make it so that you can't ejaculate yeah, yeah. oh it is it can yeah okay. I, th I think it can um i definitely think that your attraction level to somebody can definitely affect the timing of your orgasm. And, you know, the, the other big one that you see all the time with delayed ejaculation is how involved is this person in watching porn? Um, because if this person is like really addicted to porn and really focused on porn, when they get into a real life sex situation, what's happening in reality isn't matching up with the fantasy that they have in their head and right. it's kind of like a letdown. Yeah. And so that can delay reaction because they're losing that attraction and that excitement that comes from having sex because of that discrepancy and what they have going on inside their mind mm -hmm. compared to what they have going in, on in, in, in front of them. Right. So that can be a big issue, too. So those are some other things that for this listener, um, you know, you might want to look into and consider. You, only you know the answer to that, though. You know what, what your porn habits are. Yeah. Okay, so those are all things that could contribute also. What about wearing a condom? Does that make it harder to come? I think so. Makes it last for, longer? For me, I will say that it does. Because I, I think that is that if that's not a myth, then that that's something that I would have believed to be true. Because I, I, any any excuse that you'd hear um, of why a, a man didn't want to wear a condom it doesn't feel as good, it's not as sensitive, it doesn't, whatever, whatever the reasons might be. But I and, think that, you know, w when you come, right, it's that's still... Because whether you have a condom on or not, I don't think it changes the degree or sensitivity of your orgasm, but I do think... But it takes you longer to get there. That's what I'm saying. Is, I feel like it does take you longer to get there, right? I think that's pretty obvious, though. You have something covering the mm -hmm. skin of your, of your dick, which means that the nerve endings have a little something in between... Yeah, yeah. Everything right. it's touching, not touching, right? So, right. It's not skin on skin, if you right. will, right? It's not skin on skin. So mm -hmm. for me, I do feel like there is a um, 
a little bit of a delayed orgasm when wearing a condom for for that reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know that just came to mind also when we were talking about it. So, um, yeah. Is that was that all your questions? Well, yeah. That's the only other. Those are the only questions that I had. I just they just kind of popped into my mind when we were talking about it. And it's funny because when you first said thirty to forty five minutes, I'm like, wow, that's a long time. Then the more I thought about it, I'm like, wow, that is a really long time. <laughs> It is. It is a, a really long time, but some some things there for this guy to address. Uh, like we said, you know, is he having a delayed ejaculation issue or is he having some other, you know, mental issues? Definitely some things to consider and maybe look into if you are having those. If not, um, don't hold out on your partner. Lasting longer isn't going to raise the chances of her having a vaginal orgasm. So don't bring her to the point of soreness because you think that that's going to happen. So just be very careful about that. So Allison, the last thing that we're going to talk about today. Uh, has to do with erectile dysfunction pills. But before we jump to that, guys, we're going to just take a quick little break. So hold tight, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, it's Allison and Jeff, and we want to thank you for supporting the Love & Sex podcast. We would really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. But if you don't think we deserve a five-star rating, be sure to email us at lovesexpodcast at gmail.com to share your constructive criticism on what you think we can do better. Hey, do you want to be a guest on the show? Come on and share your favorite experience. You can do so anonymously. Just email us at lovesexpodcast at gmail.com. That's lovesexpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone. So, Allison, we're talking about ED pills now. And this was interesting because we were watching, I forget what we were watching. It was a show on Netflix or Tubi. I think it might've been Tubi. I think it was Tubi actually. Cause we found all these like cool, like if you we're so into- excited we even found Tubi. I didn't even know it existed. And we <laughs> yeah. were like watching one show after another, some great, fun, interesting stuff. Well, we've been going through like Netflix and Amazon prime and we have just been doing like a search on sex to see what kinds of shows they had. And it's been really kind of fun and interesting. That's how we've been kind of spending our weekends and afternoons. Like, and the and rainy days. Probably and- why we've been having a lot of sex and stuff. <laughs> but um, so we went to Tubi and did this. And Tubi by far has the best fucking collection of sex shows out there. They've been kind of interesting. But we found one. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Tubi. Where uh, they were interviewing a guy in the show. And he was talking about the fact that he is using erectile dysfunction pills. And having a real struggle with whether or not he should share this with his partner. Yeah. And the story was that he was in a relatively new relationship. He had been in a very long-term relationship for a long period of time that had turned sexless, right? So he wasn't having much sex anymore. Was new in the game, getting himself back out there, had a new relationship and did not want to tell his new partner, like vehemently did not want to tell his new partner that he was taking an ED medication. Which I think, I understand that as a guy, right? I think that there is this thing for guys, and I it's 100% fucking ego. 100%. Yep. That if you need to take a pill to help with your erection, that that somehow makes you less of a man. Right. right? And the reality is, is that most of erectile dysfunction problems, at, on some level, there is a mental component. For one reason or another, it could be the type of relationship you were in, someone said something or did something to you that caused you to doubt your sexual performance. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a million fucking reasons as to why you could have 
a mental issue tied to your erectile dysfunction. But there's also physical issues, right? As we get older, uh, the channels around our penis that deliver blood and the blood flow can slow up. And that's really what erectile dysfunction pills do is they help to expand those, I'm going to call them arteries for, I don't know if that's the right yeah, medical I don't term. Know either. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, because I'm not, you know, an anatomy doctor, but um, basically those those tubes around the penis get expanded and more blood can flow through and blood flow is what gives us our erection and not only an erection, but the quality of the erection. So there's a there's another component to erectile dysfunction. It's not always that you can't get a boner. Yeah. But sometimes it's not as good of a quality as when you were, you know, 20. Right. Right. Well, just not yeah, as hard. I think that's just part of aging. Aging, right? And it's no different for women. But even as, with the aging, there's still a mental piece to it. Oh, there's no doubt about it, right? So yeah. and I would think it'd be almost the same for women, right? For as they get older, they lose often through menopause or after, they lose some of the self-lubrication, right? They're they become very right. dry. Right. So they use lube. And that's the end of it, right? So whether or not there is probably a little bit of a self-esteem issue there, like a little bit of a, you know, would you say um, self, being self-conscious about it? Because right, well, it's, it's like if, if something like that happens to you once, right? It's, isn't it fucking amazing? Then you worry it's going to happen again. How yeah. many times, right? By the time, let's just say hypothetically, right, that you experience the first erectile issue at 55, right? How many years and how many times have you had sex without issue, right? I mean- Thousands, right? Thousands and thousands. But you have one sexual experience where you're like, oh my God, my penis didn't get as hard as it usually does. What the fuck's wrong with me? Yeah. And then the next time you have sex, that's in the fucking back of your mind. Right. Right. And this is how these little, these little mental issues creep in. And this is how it can start to really increase and and affect uh, the quality of your erections. It's little shit like this. Like, You've had all this sexual experience a thousand times where nothing right, went no wrong. No issues. But yeah. one little thing happened that it didn't get as hard as you thought it should get. And you're like, what the fuck's wrong with Now you? your brain's going crazy. Right. Yeah. And this guy appeared to be probably in his 50s, right? So yeah. he had a couple of things going on. He ended a long-term relationship, right? He hadn't had sex in a while. He was getting involved in new relationships and he was in an older age. So he hadn't had sex in a while. He was an older age and he needed some enhancing, right? I don't, I don't know the other word for it, whatever right, word you right. want to use for it, right? And but he just did not want to tell his partner. And it's funny because I asked you about it. I'm like, what do you think about that? And you're like, well, I think that there's like a time frame. You you can't well, yes, just so- you can't just you know start having foreplay and then just like lean over and take the pill and it instantly works. It has to get in your system, just like you know Advil or antibiotic or anything you take. It takes a little time to digest. So. Well, this is a shot. Yeah, this is a thing where there's another there's a lot of myths around erectile dysfunction pills, too. Um, I I have some experience with them. I'd be the the first to to say that. Um, But it's not like you take a pill and your dick just goes hard the minute you swallow the pill and you've got an erection for the next four hours. Right. That's not how it works. You take a pill. Nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Right. Shortly after you take a pill. Sometimes you feel some things going on through your body. You can actually feel blood flow increasing. Like sometimes you might feel it like in your nose. Um, you might feel it in different things. Interesting. Um, yeah. So you can feel like that there's an increase in the blood flow. So, you know, that happens, but you still need to be aroused to get a boner. 
It's not like this pill is just a magic just, right, just, pill right, 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 when right. you're walking around with a giant heart on right, right. after you take it, right? Yeah. There's There still needs to be some arousal going on. Oh, yeah. There's definitely some myths about that, though. Right. There's myths about you swallow Viagra and your, your bone goes boing. <laughs> yeah, you get sprung. Right. You just right? pop up and, you know, yeah. you're just like a, a walking sex machine. Well, that's good information to share, right? So it's it just will improve the erection when and if you get one at some point. But how do you, to your point, Allison, right? This is what you just alluded to. How are you in a relationship? And if you are worried about the quality of your reaction, or if you're worried about the quality of your reaction, your erection, or you're worried that you may not get an erection, you need to take that pill one hour before an exce- a sexual oh, experience. One hour. That is the okay. ideal time to take an ED pill is one hour hmm. before your sexual experience. This makes it really fucking hard for a man to be silent with his partner that he's not taking these pills. Yeah. Because if you're hanging out and you haven't had a chance to uh, take one mm-hmm. and your partner starts to get a little bit frisky with you and starts feeling you. You're, the first thing that's going to be in your mind, you're going to be worried. Like, fuck, am I going to get a boner? Right? Mm-hmm. Am I going to am I going to embarrass myself because I'm not getting hard? All these things are going to be going through your fucking head. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You're not going to get a boner because right. you're now worried you're about in not your getting head a boner. More. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Completely fucking yourself up right there. Mm-hmm. So, my question to you, Allison, as a woman, I think as a guy, you may not feel comfortable. I think you got to be honest with your partner and say, hey, I take these pills because. You need to know this because I need to take it a certain time before we have sex. And I just want to make sure I don't know what's going on, right? Yeah. Whatever the case may be. But it's important that I know what's going on so that I can be prepared for the moment. Yeah. And so here's the thing. When we preach about communication in relationships all the time, there's a trust thing here. So he needs to trust this partner that he can share this information about himself and he won't be judged in any way. And he can be comfortable just sharing the information for what it is, right? He's reached an age where he might need a little bit of medication. He was in a sexless relationship for a long time and just, you know, his body parts haven't all been used and they might need some fine tuning. Um, But I would say that, you know, it is important for him to tell her, but there's something missing there if he's not telling her. And it's not just his ego. There's a communication gap or there's a lack of trust. Yeah, there's you absolutely have to be. I mean, we, we've been the communication police now for a long time. It is important, though. You do need to communicate this shit with your partner because they need to know. And it might help as the man. It might help you if you're honest with your partner talking about these things. She may have some questions for you because, Allison, I think we've even talked about it in the past. You know, you talk about past relationships and things that have happened. People can do or say things to you that affects your sexual performance and you don't even know it, right? They somehow demean you in a relationship. They might make a a really off-colored comment about something about your sexual performance that they don't think is a big deal, but internally for you, you're like, why the fuck would you say that, right? Like, it gets in your head. It just messes with you and it it can really fuck you up and really start... Their opinion or a comment that they state is not fact. It's not how everyone is going to feel. It may not feel. have any truth to it whatsoever. It might not have any truth to it, yep. And, and it might be a personal preference. I mean, there might be something that you do sexually that the other person did not feel turned on by, and they've made you feel bad about it. It might even or, stem from one of their insecurities, right? True. As, yep. as a way to try to bring you down for how they feel. Right. Right. So there's there's a million things going on, but... So yeah. it is tough, but I mean, to your point, if they're going to have a sexual relationship that has any spontaneity in it at all... He, 
he's going to need to be honest with her so that she can be understanding of the situation. Like if they're, if they're out to dinner and they're going to, you know, looking to get busy when they get home, he needs to be able to take what he has to take so that he's ready to go. And there are for guys like there are, you don't have to, um, a lot of these ED pills can be pretty expensive. Like if you go with like Viagra and there's a couple other name brands out there, they get pretty expensive and you have to get a prescription and all these, but you can go to sites like hymns.com and roman.com. And you can actually talk to doctors online, explain to them what's happening from a sexual standpoint. They actually go through the process of asking you some questions um, about your sex, um, your sexual health, your mental health, a few different things like that. And assuming everything is clear, and I would imagine that a lot of people clear because they're in the business of selling these pills. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you can actually do an order right online and they ship to your house discreetly. So you don't have to go into, you know, a grocery store or, a, you know, a CVS or a Walgreens uh, to pick up your pills. You can have them delivered right to your house. Um, but follow the instructions on how they tell you to take them. Don't do anything stupid that's outside the scope of that, right? Again, you take them like an hour before your sexual experience. You don't just wake up in the morning and take one. Uh, you don't take one in the morning and one at night. You can only take, you know, your dosage a day. And they'll tell you, basically, when you talk to a doctor, they'll give you so many milligrams that you should be taking. That could oh, be like yeah. 20 or 40 or 60. Mm -hmm. uh, it can go up to a certain amount. Um, but you just follow that as needed. And then what I would recommend is, let's say they say, all right, you should be on 40 or 60 milligrams. Do that for a while. You'll see that the, the quality of your erections are there. Then start to wean yourself down, right? If you're taking three pills because they come in 20 milligrams, go down to two. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'll bet you'd be surprised. Wow. My erections are pretty good. Go right. Down, then go yeah, down to one. You're, you're kind of um, trying to heal a little bit of that mental piece at the same right. time. Right. And it um, just takes a little confidence it takes right, some of, time, getting, of yeah. getting the erection. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And, and that can kind of help with the, with the mental piece. So those are some things, but with these ED pills, um, by all means, I, I think it's best to share this with your partner. If you have a new partner and you're on this, share it because it's going to be awkward if you come into a sexual situation and you're panicking inside because you haven't taken a pill and yeah. you don't feel ready, yep. like what the fuck's that going to look like? Mm -hmm. So I think you're much better off to just say, Hey, I need you to know this because this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. right? Just be honest. It, it's going to be much better in the end. And I think you're going to have uh, less stress on yourself and, and your erections will be better just because you won't be fearing what you're hiding. Yeah. Um, and we've just seen so many shows with the whole erectile dysfunction and just so many things sexually related um, for men and women that are mental. They're just mental. So uh, that was great advice, though, to, um, you know, reach out to those physicians, get a dosage that they think is appropriate for you. And then when you're feeling good about it and you're feeling confident and things are all working and flowing right trying to step back a little bit just to see. And maybe not. Maybe it's the right dosage for you and maybe that's the one that you need. Um, because it is strictly a physical situation for you. But if it's if it's not just strictly physical and there is a mental piece to it, you probably could wean down a little bit. Yeah. And and again, every doctor will tell you there's always a um there's always a mental piece to it. So in worst case scenario, when you're telling your partner, just like the E D pills commercials, just take her out to the tub in the meadow. And <laughs> you can share you can share your news. That's the place to have the yeah, to have those conversations. Okay. All right, guys, I think that's where we're going to cut it today. Um, hopefully, we're able to get Olivia, you know, on the show. I'm hoping that she'll get back in touch. Not sure. Not sure if she heard last week's show and was like, 
fuck them <laughs> for not. But hey, come on the show and tell your side of the story and clear the perceptions up so that we can we can learn from it. We'd be uh, really interested in hearing how you do this whole process. Very fascinating. And uh, for the guy doing it too much, hey, take some time. Give your girlfriend's vagina a little bit of a break. <laughs> Get that 713 minutes and share ED with your partner. Guys, thanks so much for stopping by. We appreciate you so much and spending your time with us. And we look so forward to seeing you in the next episode. But until then, be kind and be safe.